Welcome to Technado with Don Pizzette. Featuring sysadmin expert, Don Pizzette. Security specialist, Daniel Lowry. And Peter. Hello and welcome to Technado. I'm your host, Peter Van Rysdam, and I am joined by the regular crew again this week. And uh, to my left is Don Pizzette. Don, what were you for Halloween? Um... Well, I was regular. Don Pizet. Mm. I'm the uh, the regular crew. A <laughs> <laughs> little Metamucil in the morning. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, I, you know, I didn't dress up for this Halloween. So uh, did, you're an adult. Did take the kids out trick-or-treating, had a lot yeah. of fun, and I'm just amazed at how this year is almost over. Like, right. we are in November now. It's and, now Christmas. Uh, it's it's madness. <laughs> yep. Mar- Mariah Carey has been let out of her, <laughs> her shell, and all I want for Christmas is out. And uh, and Daniel, how are you? How was your thanks- or Thanksgiving? Thanks. Your Halloween. I, I, anachronistically, my Thanksgiving was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it will be. Uh, Halloween was good. You know, kids got candy and they like that. And uh, we passed out candy to kids. And my youngest daughter was running around with vampire teeth trying to scare everybody. She thought that was hysterical. I actually succeeded on a teenage girl. Nice. She walked up to her and went, Yeah, <laughs> the teeth. The girl was like, ah! That's so perfect. that was kind of funny. Did you get any uh, razor blades or fentanyl? Uh, fentanyl. <laughs> oh, would, did I say it wrong? Fentanyl? No. <laughs> fentanyl. I don't know how to say it. I don't yeah, know. I had to make sure I'm like, all right, yeah. this, is, this is my candy bowl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the candy <laughs> for the kids. Don't touch daddy's candy. Because <laughs> that's, that's expensive. I'm not just giving that away. <laughs> I mean, if any kids, you know, want my Venmo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> throw that up on the screen for you. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's look at the news because we had a lot uh, to cover in this past week, and the first article comes to us from TechCrunch.com. Rising energy costs are making the cloud more expensive. And Good talk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this this is something that well, at least in the article, seems to uh, affect uh, the EU. A little bit more because yes, I mean there could cost. I don't know what really happened over there, but, but it's kind of been out of control in terms of like people's bills going up like 150. Yeah, it's, and, it's a total mystery why energy costs are higher well, in, Europe. in Europe. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's. that's <laughs> yeah. But they also, it seems like they do. They have a lot more renewable stuff. Like, and I thought a lot of these cloud providers were like doing like solar on the roofs and things like that that would kind of insulate them. From this. Well, we, you know, we have to remember that some of these providers are not like top tier providers. It's oh. not like we're not talking about Amazon Web Services. We're not talking about Microsoft Azure. This is like OVH. Uh, if you remember OVH, we reported on a few months ago when one of their data centers burned down. Is that because, the France one? Yes. Because okay. it was effectively like, you know, just built <laughs> in a non a center for the, you know, capitals or something. Right? Ovechkin. That's what Ovechkin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah pretty close. Now, this, this, yeah. Their facility was made by one of the three pigs, who, the one who had the worst. <laughs> Design, if I recall, <laughs> that is right. Uh, however, you know, situations like these do tend to hit the small players first, but the the big players aren't immune to it, so they'll get hit eventually. And energy costs are higher in Europe right now. We're we're going into winter, and so your heating costs and things go up. Yeah. The uh, Russian Federation's actions in Ukraine and, and cutting off gas supplies into Europe have affected energy costs, and so all of that results in increased costs. And, well, when you're a cloud provider, one of the nice things about the cloud, like as a customer for me, I don't have to worry about multiple connections to the power grid and multiple ISPs, generators, air climate control. I don't have to worry about all that stuff because the vendor takes care of it. Well, the vendors are getting hit in their bottom line. And so the way they solve that is by increasing costs. Now, if you work in IT management like I do and deal with budgets, that can be challenging. A lot of times we plan our budgets out based on a little bit of growth, and we don't think about, like, what if our energy costs increase? You know, do we have that in the budget to accommodate for it? And so that's why it's something that's important. We need to keep an eye on it for as, as IT providers. Obviously, if you use OVH Cloud, if you use Hetzner, if you use you know, somebody like that, then, then this is already affecting you. But if you're using AWS, well— you might want to consider the fact that your your, your budget could poten- or your, your run costs could potentially increase as much as ten percent as they correct for energy costs. Well, some of them, like Hetzner said, you know they went up about ten percent, which pretty much matches inflation for the last year. But uh, this M two four seven in Manchester went up one hundred and sixty one percent, which. I don't think anyone is budgeting for that. Like, <laughs> just seems, in case, it seems like a lot, Don. <laughs> yeah, it goes up quite a bit. Who, who's using these kinds of companies, though? Because you know, I think I feel like most small businesses are are on 
you know, the Amazon larger companies or, or, or Azure or, or do, do those uh, larger providers like outsource to these guys or they've got all their own stuff, right? So that, that does happen sometimes, you know, you'll hear about these providers like, um, uh, well, you know, some of these guys don't even have their own facilities. Like they use Equinix or other providers that have the, you know, it, a lot of us never hear of companies like Equinix, but yeah. Equinix owns some of the largest data centers in Europe, and it gets rebranded as an Azure Pop or a AWS Pop or something. Actually, I think Amazon owns all of theirs, but I know Microsoft uses a couple of different Pops. And so it's it's possible that other people are leveraging them. It's also possible that they were underpriced to try and draw business, and now they're having to correct and get back to a normal price. I haven't looked at their pricing sheets or whatever. I you know hadn't really heard of M247. Uh, or twenty four seven, I guess is probably what that probably. is, right? Yeah, yeah. And I assume Google Cloud is just like on a Raz Pi in somebody's office. Yeah, yeah. Which is more than adequate to cover their workload. <laughs> like, we need a <laughs> we need a new SD card. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Raz Pi too. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So they're sailing. That's impressive. <laughs> well, if we're if uh, if we're done with this one, we the next one. It might be a, a new alternative uh, for Google Cloud. Then to look at uh, this article comes to us from ArsTechnica.com. Microsoft's Project Volterra becomes an ARM-powered uh, mini PC with 32 gigs of RAM. And when I first read this, I was looking at this as like, oh, so this is kind of like their answer to the the Raspberry small kind of thing. But but it's 600 bucks. So so. Where does this fit in? Is this more like Raspberries are running around that about now? Well, now they are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, is this more like a, a Chromebook alternative in, in a desktop form? Uh, so in in this particular configuration, the processor that they spec'd out, it, it's about the equivalent of an Intel i5. So it's like a mid range desktop. So it's better than a Chromebook, mm-hmm. but not as good as the typical laptops that you get with Intel processors. You know, if you get like an i7 or something, you're gonna yeah. get better performance. Uh, but what I think is interesting here is Microsoft's approach to ARM. Microsoft has been well, think about it like a a, a a swimming pool that is, we'll get really specific here. Like, let's say it's it's 82 degrees, right? Okay. Now, now, you know that 82 degrees is not too cold to go swimming, but you know when you get in there, it's going to be cold. So you got two choices. You can either just dive right in and take it, <laughs> or you can slowly inch in, right? I'm, I'm and, an inch in guy. And try yeah. to adjust. Well, that's what Microsoft has been with ARM. They've been yeah. the inch-in type person. So they they did the Windows RT Surface tablets that totally sucked. Uh, and they, you know, they priced them cheap so people would buy them, but they didn't just support it. And, and a lot of app vendors never supported it. They didn't go anywhere. Uh, they did the same thing with the Surface Pro X, which was ARM-based. Not a lot of support behind it. It's just kind of floundered out there, mostly due to the fact that the Microsoft store the the windows store is just full of adware garbage and knockoff apps it's oh yeah it's terrible (laughs) um so you know now they're they're recognizing like look we've been trying to inch in and in the meantime you've got apple that's gone all arm you've got nvidia making arm stuff you've got all these other vendors all the cell phones now use arm variants of some sort or another uh microsoft is getting left behind by not supporting the arm architecture and watching everyone play in the pool and they're standing on the stage yeah still inching in and it's it's ridiculous so um they had an arm developer kit before and I, i forget what it was called it was really obnoxious name but it it was Oh, it's down here at the bottom. And it's, oh, is it in the it, article? Yeah, because they were like, what a terrible name for this thing. Oh, yeah, the ECS, I don't know if it's Leva or LIVA, QC170. Nice. Rolls right off the tongue. Yeah. Perfect. Well, it was basically a cell phone. It was like a, uh-huh. and, and not even a good cell phone. It was like the $50 pay-as-you-go <laughs> cell phone at Walmart. Uh, that was Microsoft's ARM development kit. And so, you know, hard to work with something like that. So now they're stepping up and saying, let's release a real dev kit, something developers want to actually use. And so that's the Windows Dev Kit 2023. Uh, it's a, a nice small form factor. It kind of looks like a Mac Mini. Uh, yeah, it does. Yeah, which, it's a nice looking little device there. Yeah, and if you remember with Apple when they when they went to the M1 processor, what was the first thing they did? They released a Mac, Mac Mini, Mini. Yep. as a dev kit that was five hundred bucks. So so Microsoft is taking a, a cue from Apple, like that's never happened. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and saying hey. let's, let's make this. <laughs> And it's actually snappy enough that you could use it as a desktop, so a developer's not going to hate it, and they can use it to start creating ARM apps or porting their existing apps over. Uh, and that's really what Microsoft needs to push forward. I thought it was an interesting little uh, sentence here. You were talking about how they're close to the i5. They mentioned that in the article. They say um, the uh, CPU performance um, that they're going to be using will be somewhere below, but within spitting distance of a modern core i5 laptop CPU, but likely not as fast as Apple's M1. 
Last time I checked, the M1 was like head and shoulders above the i5s and inside i7s. Like they are phenomenal chips. So this is where uh, you know I, I appreciate the guys at ours, um, guys and gals at ours, but they 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 have to walk a, a tight mm. line here. They don't actually have one of these dev kits in hand, right? right? So journalistically, if they say the M1 is faster than this, they've got to be able to prove that. Uh, gotcha. And they don't have it in hand, so they say it's likely faster. But we all know it is. No, this. Uh, I mean, yeah, likely not, not as not fast. As right? fast. We, we all know the M1 is faster. Like, that's objectively true. Right, but they can't prove that because they don't uh, have the device in hand. So that, that's why they use terms like that. Allegedly. Allegedly, and I guess spitting distance is not a technical term which you could back up in court. Yeah, there's this thing <laughs> called journalistic integrity. Yeah. We don't worry about it so no, much. Poetic but... license. The hell with that. <laughs> I just start making you know big statements yeah. like the M1 is. 75,000 times faster Give than the take. Snapdragon 8 Gen 3. You know, um, uh, Tim Apple, he's uh, he's pretty good. <laughs> he's pretty good about it because he'll get up and he'll say things like, this is the fastest Mac we've ever produced. Or, you know, yeah. this, this is the fastest iPhone ever. No no comparison to competition whatsoever. Right. Comparing it to the, the previous their own stuff. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so how can you, how can you contend right. against Listen, that? Listen, when we are the standard, I compare myself to that. Yeah, yeah you know, listening to, listening to Tim Cook talk is hearing somebody say words that don't mean anything. It's, it's really bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> I've but also sure, been described. He sure same, likes yeah. it, though. Uh, but this also supports, yeah, like two 4K screens. So, you know, you could, like you said, um, develop on it easily, you know, do just kind of basic computing. So it could be, could be something that you roll out. As, as Watch when it comes out. It's just got one USB-C. <laughs> you got to buy your own. Yeah. It's got, uh, it's got the, the typical hookups you'd want. You know, it's got Wi-Fi 6, Bluetooth, and, and just the, the things they want developers to work on supporting. Uh, I'm not sure why they supported three screens. Maybe there's some argument that you have a debugger running on one. And So is this coming out or has it come out? Uh, you can order it. I don't know if they are shipping it yet. I was tempted okay. to order one myself. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me see if it's shipping. I'm gonna, I'll try well, done. Make a purchase online. Do it. Yeah. Do it. I know. Put it in your cart. I mean, I'm I'm not at that point in my life where six hundred dollars is nothing and I can waste it no problem. But at the same time, I, I see where I could actually use this. <laughs> but last uh, year's was two hundred nineteen dollars. The one with the with the stupid. Well, name. yeah, it was a piece of crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this one should be uh, three times better. Yeah. Uh, according to my rough math. According to my there. rough math. Three times faster. I'm gonna go ahead and say it. <laughs> so it's uh, uh it's six hundred bucks. You can get a two hundred dollar credit on Azure as you go for it, and uh, uh, it looks like is it? Yeah, but now with new energy costs, that's like you know a day's worth of use on Azure. Oh man, it's trying to <laughs> hang on. It's trying to switch me to my personal. Ah, Darn this, right. This is it why is. it's so hard to buy things these days. <laughs> they want me to switch to my personal uh, live ID. All their stupid security. Yeah. All right. Well, it didn't say anything about pre-order, so you may be able to order it right now. Okay. I'll, I'll have to find out. Yeah, it's not shipping anytime soon. You yeah. never know. Yeah, you can buy it. You can buy it. We'll hey, take that money. You're on that list. Yeah. If Microsoft wants to get ahead of this, they need to be shipping it right away. And the the processor in it is a Snapdragon 8 CX Gen 3, which I've not seen in any other device, but I don't think is brand new. So, or wait, they're calling it. This is Gen 2. 8 CX Gen 2, right? No. It says the it is dev kit will use the Gen 3. Yep. yep. Uh, so you know, it it should be available already. But you're right. This will fit right in a stocking. That that form factor. There you go. Six hundred dollars stocking stuff. Does it fold like the LG screen? Yeah, <laughs> it, it does. But when you yeah. unfold it, it doesn't work it doesn't anymore. Work. Yeah. You see, <laughs> anything. We folds. like to make declarative statements here without any facts yeah. to back them yeah, up. Fold it. Yeah. Anything folds. Fold the piss out of it. <laughs> it's like the size of like two zooms. I think <laughs> two zooms. It's a, I want everything in. in uh, I want an arm based zoom. All right. Well, let's uh, take a look at another article here uh, from MacRumors.com, and I really love them. Um, you know, whittling this list down for us. Uh, <laughs> Mac OS Ventura: fifty new features and changes worth checking out. So they're really just taking here. It's just the top fifty. So who who in here is running Ventura? Uh, no, I'm the only one. Uh, well, I think right now, yeah. 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 Okay. Well, how about that? What am I? Uh... I, I looked through these features. Not many of them apply to me. <laughs> yeah, you know, th there was a, another article, I forget which website it was on, where it said, like... Uh, Top five usable features. Ventura, <laughs> uh, many new features most you won't care about. You know, yeah, something yeah. like that. And, yeah. 
And that is true. So uh, I like Mac rumors because they they are very detailed on mm-hmm. how they report on things like this. But they they gave a list of fifty features uh, in in Ventura, and and I went through the list, and there's like six that are actually <laughs> yeah. useful, and the rest are are kind of pointless. So let me let me run down the list of the ones that I I find is actually useful. Now I am looking at this through the lens of somebody who works in IT. Yeah. Right. So if you're uh, I don't know, just a a, a parent, yeah. and you're managing your photo library. Then some of these other features might matter. But yeah. for an IT guy, I don't give a crap about can, most. Can of I this. tell you my favorite? Sure, my favorite is definitely uh, scheduled uh, t- scheduled send email. Uh, as someone <laughs> who wants to look like they are working, uh, you just it is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll you know when I get on for my hour in the day, I will I'll write you know five emails and I'll and I'll taper them out you know over the day. So you're gonna get an email at seven thirty you know, at night and go look at that Peter, yeah, just Peter burning is, the afternoon he's oil. At it. All right, so. I have thought about that before. Like scheduled emails are a way to to pretend you're doing work. Yeah. But I do have a new use case uh, because I now have I have UK staff, mm-hmm. and I found that there were times where it would be like 4:30 p.m. here, and I would send an email to somebody in the UK. Don's already well, in bed. It's it's 9:30 <laughs> p.m. over there, yeah. and they would respond to me, and I'm like, oh, I just I just bugged them in the evening. And I don't want them to have to worry about this yeah. until work hours. And so being able to schedule an email to go out at like 5 a.m. tomorrow or, or 3 a.m., whenever their workday starts. Yeah, I want to wake them up. Yeah. That, would, well, that would be when they get to <laughs> work. I, wake up, I, just, yeah. I don't want people to feel pressured to work in the evening or on yeah. the weekend just because I sent some email. Yeah, uh, They should just do it. But at the same time, I don't want to tell them that my emails aren't important. So like, <laughs> if I can schedule it, that'll work out yeah. a lot better. So I'm sorry, what were your, what were your other good ones there oh he actually had yeah that's right yep uh all right so the oh, that's what these numbers are oh yeah yeah number okay. 10 on the list was strong password editing so in mac os you can have it auto generate a password for you we yeah. do like this that's and in safari you can kind of pick some features on it and that's it but now you can actually go in and, and modify what those values are so that's kind of a, a nice one to have if you don't use a password manager already i use LastPass, yes. so i don't actually use this but it is a, uh, a it's nice all, feature it's all up here baby Yep. All right up here. Uh, number 18 was a continuity camera, which is kind of cool that if you're on a Mac and you're using Zoom for a call or whatever and you have an iPhone, you can actually get it to use your iPhone's camera like for the meeting. That's cool. And the iPhone's camera is like leaps and bounds mm. better than what's in your MacBook. And it can do the photo effect. Like if you want a really good picture, that works great. But it also means you can set your phone at eye level so you're not like looking in a weird direction. Like that's just a neat feature to have. Obviously, yeah. not critical. And, and earlier, it, it has the same thing with the mic. You can use the mic on the uh, on an iPhone uh, as an external mic. It says, which could be yeah. cool if you're doing any kind of voiceover or something because the the mic is not near your mouth. I wonder if I can get my Mac to pick up other people's iPhone mics and just start listening. To conversations. <laughs> yeah, I, I find the AirPods work a little better. True. If yeah. you have them, now, now you're really buying into the Apple ecosystem. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 And get your watch. Yeah. And, uh, Tim Apple gets a new Maserati. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does 185. Number 21, rapid security response updates. We talked about this coming out from Apple, and it is now out there in the wild. You can actually turn on an option that says, uh, I want my Mac to download security updates by themselves, not to wait for the big roll-ups that Apple normally pushes out. So it can download and install those right away. If you want the latest and greatest security patches and you want them right away, you're just a little slider away from turning that feature on, and I would recommend it. Uh, let's see. After that, we had number 34, Time Machine Backup Frequency. Hmm. Uh, do you use Time Machine, either of you? Well, I just got this MacBook today, so... So, no. I do. Uh, I will be. <laughs> I'm I'm behind. It's been a minute since I've used it. Let's put it that way. So, Time Machine, uh, by default, for all these years... Now, Time Machine's been around for over a decade. Yeah. It's and actually one of my favorite things about Mac OS. It's really good. It, mm-hmm. it, it is kind of that that whole mantra of it just works. Yeah. Like Time it, Machine it just legit works. It just works. Uh, but did you know that it by default, it does a backup every hour? Yes. So every hour it does yeah. a backup. And when that happens, the performance on your system does get a little slouchy, and there's nothing you can do about it. It just backs up every hour. In fact, the only way to really stop it is to disconnect whatever your backup medium doesn't, is. Doesn't yeah. it know that I haven't done anything in the last hour? <laughs> <laughs> you think that it would be like... Oh, it's Peter. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll back up next yeah, Wednesday. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> and even if you disconnect your backup medium, it still backs up to a local cache on your hard drive for that hour. And then the next time you connect up to the backup medium, it, it loads it all over. So it's kind of interesting. Well, 
Now, for the first time in over a decade, you can actually set a time machine backup frequency. Maybe you don't need a backup every hour. You can tell it, just backup once a day, that's all I need, mm. and it'll do that. Uh, or once a week even, so you have a little bit of flexibility there. I, I thought that was a neat feature, and I'm surprised it took them so long to get it. Um, USB-C accessory security. Now, this is a feature, I, I use Sophos antivirus on my systems, and it gives you this functionality where anytime you plug in a USB device, you get a pop-up that says, do you want to allow this device to connect? So I have complete control over any devices being plugged into my system. Well, we are now getting that support inside of macOS. When I first saw this, I was like, why just USB-C? That's annoying. And then this I remember- the only ports on the dang thing. Exactly. <laughs> so that works. Um, little bit fishy, though. It only works for devices directly attached to the system. Hmm. So if you have a USB-C docking station- and it will not that. prompt you for all the things that you attach to it. So, so you're kind of like uh, cool by association. If you've allowed yeah. the docking station, then everything that's attached to it is also cool. And that means this is a security feature that's pretty easy to circumvent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's not, not necessarily a good thing. Uh, and then the last one that I had, this one is marginal, uh, lockdown mode. I believe we reported on this. Yeah. Apple rolled it out for if you're a political activist or a reporter and you want the tightest security possible, you turn this on. It breaks damn near everything. Like, <laughs> uh, you, you, when you go to web pages, JavaScript won't run anymore, which almost everything is powered by these days. Uh, but it'll give you the, the most secure environment possible. I don't think anyone's actually going to use this because the usability is nightmarish. I mean, unless your life is in danger, you're, right. you're not going to use this, but it is there. Would that also be like um, uh, DEF CON mode? Like, would you turn that on if you if you had to get on the Wi-Fi at, at DEF CON? <laughs> um, don't get on the Wi-Fi. I mean, you had to. There's a, <laughs> you know, this protects... He's trying to justify the fact that he got on the Wi-Fi. <laughs> A black hat. Yeah, was that a mistake? Yeah. This uh, this protects your browser experience. Um, I think it, it would protect you from some attacks, but not all. There's other attacks like against the operating system itself that you'd mm -hmm. still be susceptible, susceptible to. to. Yeah. Um, but that being said, like DefCon is not as dangerous an environment as it used to be. That you know back when they had the wall of sheep and yeah. and yeah. people would come in and get hacked and and whatever like. Cybersecurity wasn't a real thing back then. Right. It was right? a bunch of like eccentric people putting together a conference. Yeah. And it wasn't even a conference. I, I, like when it began, it was more like a, a party. Mm. And the, you know, the operating systems at the time did not have good security. This was all a, a budding environment. So you fast forward to today where most operating systems are pretty secure out of the box and yeah. most protocols have security built into them. When you look at the wall of sheep today, it's all fake data that's on there. Like, yeah. it's literally fake. And yeah. they just put it up there as more like a history. Yeah. So uh, a lot of that is kind of, I, I don't want to call it urban legend because it was true. Like, it, it's how it, it used to be, it, but yeah. it's not that it's way not anymore. Case anymore. Yeah. Well, you heard it there from Don. Go ahead and get on that Wi-Fi. <laughs> uh, and Jump right on we'll that. find out in the next couple articles why Don might be liable now for <laughs> making those comments. You know what we should do next year? Uh, just, just for funsies. Uh, if Make we, a good podcast? We, we could... <laughs> Well, no, I want to set an achievable goal. Oh, okay. uh, so I mean, you, you, table was open. So we should go to Black Hat and DefCon. You, you went this year, right? Daniel? Went, we went to Black Hat. Yeah, yeah we did not go we to DefCon. Def so we, we, the three of us, should go. Okay, and we should take a specific laptop and phone and like and just intentionally do stupid things on it, and yeah. and see if it gets popped. That'll be fun. That'd be cool. Okay, yeah. I mean, I. Honestly, you could just give me the device and say, do your normal stuff. So you mean Peter's phone. Yeah. We're going to take Peter's phone with us. You know, I think this is a good idea. I really do. Uh, it'll be fun. All right, we should do that. Especially like at DEF CON, right? Yeah. yeah. Black and Hat's a little, you know. I mean, throw like the the oldest Microsoft operating system on it that's still supported. Yeah. Right? So, uh, you know, it'd probably be Windows 10 next year. Windows 7's dropped yeah. out of support. Windows yeah, 8 yeah. is almost gone. Um, so throw Windows 10 on there. Mm -hmm. Uh, no antivirus, so maybe right. Windows Defender. You know, go ahead and do the Windows updates. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then just go and around. Just see what happens. Yeah, just see what happens. Like, like log it into my on. bank here. Right. Just, Every QR yeah. code we see, we scan. We hey, ooh, look like, a, a USB yeah. key. Yeah. The, what's this? Get the cheapest Android phone that we can find. Right. So it'll be a few versions behind. Right. And just see what happens. And I, I'd be really curious to see if anybody's like. Don't get me wrong. There are legit, really talented hackers that go to Black Hat and Defcon. Oh, no absolutely. doubt. No but doubt. most of them are are the good guys, yep. and they're down in the Capture the Flag competitions. They're presenting. They're not like, oh, I'm going to hack a stranger's cell phone. It's just not, <laughs> not really happening. So we, we should do that. That'd be a fun exercise. Yeah, yeah. we should start looking for Can like... Can I get hacked? Yeah. 
Yes, I can. What's the most <laughs> enticing looking Wi-Fi here? Yeah. <laughs> this this uh, computer is called Honeypot. Yeah. It's interesting. Sure, that's legit. All right. Well, let's take a quick break, and uh, we'll get into a few of those articles we mentioned right after this on TechNATO. So you've tried online IT training, but it's boring, out of date, and pricey. Well, IT Pro TV is always engaging, always fresh, and plans start at just $29 a month. It's online IT training that doesn't suck. Start today at ITPro.TV. My name is Dana Morrison. I'm the IT director at Grace Christian School in Raleigh, North Carolina. I work with two technicians, Buddha and Anthony. We cover all grades at the school. We figure that we support approximately 800 end-user devices. My name is Buddha Nepal. I work as IT support here and AV specialist. I moved into IT department and and on our first meeting, other team members asked me, hey, what's your IT background? And I was like, I don't have any. We have this SharePoint project that we're rolling out. So I was able to go to IT Pro TV and um, watch. And by the end of this month, we were actually migrating all our files to SharePoint. I can use IT Pro TV's uh, supervisor portal to check the progress of my technicians so I can see what they're looking at. So when we were doing SharePoint training, I can go in and I can see that Buddha is hitting on that content. I really want to see hands-on how they do things. And if there was an IT Pro TV, I don't know how I would have done that. IT Pro TV has given us the ability to level up our technicians to a point where they can decide, this is important for me to learn and go out and learn. At home, I have Apple TV and there is an app there. And so I actually watch on Apple TV. I I watch it in my iPad too. Saturday mornings, I still get up early. 6.30, I go grab a cup of coffee. I sit down on the couch and I typically watch two or three episodes uh, as I just kind of increase my own learning skill set. I would recommend IT Pro TV uh, to any IT team that is looking to extend their knowledge. Uh, it offers a great, easy to access, interactive, entertaining, uh, environment. It's just a great tool uh, for any IT professional. All right, welcome back to TechNATO, and as promised, uh, we're going to look at uh, some some hacks, some breaches, but this is not uh, who got pwned. In this case, uh, there's some dumb stuff going on. Uh, <laughs> who so got This dumb? segment is <laughs> dough. All right, this first one is from TheGuardian.com. Outsourcer uh, Interserve fined 4.4 million pounds for failing to stop a cyber attack. And so I'm curious because I couldn't really tell from from reading this. Uh, is this, you know, someone overreacting and uh, and trying to cover their butt, or is this gross negligence on on their part? Because to me, looking at it, it opens up a whole can of worms for providers to all of a sudden be liable for uh, for the companies they protect. So uh, the short answer is yes. Uh, <laughs> Perfect. So, so this one is gross negligence, and, and it's a real eye opener for a lot of people that work in in IT, or really just anybody who who works. I guess <laughs> is yeah. that that uh, you know when we see. Let me let me draw a parallel to the the housing crisis from uh, a while back. When was that? Like two thousand and eight. Eight. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you had all these banks Which that one? were doing yeah. shady loans. Mm -hmm. And then they all collapsed, right? Yes. And how many bank executives went to jail? Like none. Yeah, I don't believe any. Yeah. And or or Enron, where they had all the the cooked books, and none of them went to jail. Bernie Madoff went to jail. Was he? Yeah. Yeah, no. he was the, right? oh, okay. Well, he, no, he was the. Uh, he was like the Ponzi scheme. Yeah. I thought it was Enron. Was the Ponzi okay. scheme? Well, he wasn't an Enron executive. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe I'm thinking he might have been investing no, I'm in conflating Enron. Conflating the two. Well, uh, up until now, we've seen that with hacks, where if if a company gets hacked, like Equifax, mm -hmm. where they compromise the private information of millions of people, really around the world, not just in the United States. The whole board of directors goes to jail immediately, right? And no, I mean we all yeah. got like free credit monitoring for a year oh, from nice. Equifax. That was nice. <laughs> and that was it. It was super helpful. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, a lot of this stuff goes unpunished, and then it's because it's really the hackers that are breaking the law. But there does come a point when you are implementing such lax security practices that you are being negligent. But up until now, we haven't really seen anybody hit by that. Well, 
in the United Kingdom, they take privacy a lot more seriously than we do in the U.S. And there was a company, a, a, a third-party contractor called Interserve. Every time I see it, I think Intertrode. Interserve. And they were compromised. And the personal and financial information for 113,000 of their staff members was leaked out uh, as a result. And the— Correct me if I'm wrong. That's bad. That's bad. Okay. Yeah, yeah definitely. Sure. On the scale of good to bad, that one's bad. Gotcha. Uh, and so the UK government said, look, this is—obviously, hackers broke the law, but— you did such a bad job securing your systems. Like you neglected standard best practices. You did a horrible job. This is your fault. Mm. And the I, I think this article doesn't really have any of the details, but basically they had where when they would sign up a customer, they would effectively give them root access to their systems to be able to to view not just the data for that particular subcontractor, but for all of the data. Hmm. And so any one of their customers had access to the whole set of data, and it was only a matter of time before somebody stuck a back door in there. So Don, the remember that time out. we worked at a at a like an insurance company together, <laughs> and there was a domain admin account. Yes. And when I heard the username and password for that, I about hit the floor. Admin, admin? You know. Damn close. close. <laughs> that is close. Admin one. Uh, that was scary. What was scarier Actually, to was me. Oh, wow. What was scarier to me was the VNC password. It was the same as the domain admin account. Was it, was, it was all the same. Everything ran oh, on yeah. that account. Um, I wouldn't check if they've changed it. No, that's gone. <laughs> I was there. We changed it. I was a yeah. part of that. Yep. So, so that I mean, that that's a level of negligence that up until now, the, the biggest penalty might be if you had a hack and you went to do a cyber insurance claim, yeah. the cyber insurance companies might decline your claim. If they say, look, you, you didn't even do this minimum level, mm-hmm. um, uh, what do they call it? Due diligence. You didn't do your due diligence, so we're not going to cover you, right? Do but, uh, do like health insurance companies do that? Like, you went ice skating. Oh, I'm not covering that. Yeah. It's as dangerous as hell. <laughs> you, were, you were overweight and tried to climb a, a mountain? Wait, is that it? That's Can a good argument, that, isn't it? Right? Well, they, no, they charge you more if you smoke. Normally, yeah. Daniel says things that don't make sense, but this one might actually... Right? Right? Yeah, I mean... Oh, man. I, I, it, <laughs> it's funny, because on the one hand, I see that as like a totally great business idea. Yeah. And then the other hand, you go, well, you're just going to get sued you know, by somebody <laughs> right away. It's like, well, just because I'm fat doesn't uh, mean I can't climb right. a mountain. You, you fat-hating, fat-shaming son of a... It's like, well, clearly it does, because right? you broke your ankle. All right? Yeah, yeah. Well, the stress it, that that ankle was under. On one <laughs> hand, it's it's interesting to see this happening, right? So companies are being held accountable. On the other hand, it, it does put if if you're a CIO, a CTO, a, a CISO for an organization, it starts to put you in the crosshairs. Like mm-hmm. if my company doesn't do the bare minimum, and something happens, like that's I, on you. I could go to jail. I, yeah. Losing your job. Yeah, we're going to see given, that in, but... in the next article, too, an issue of that actually oh, happened. Do you want to jump over to well, that one? I, I wanted to ask oh. one thing first. It said in, in this uh, personal information that was stolen, because sometimes you're like, oh, PI, what is that? It was your name and your email. In this case, they said they had bank account details, national insurance numbers, because this is in the UK, ethnic origin, sexual orientation, and religion. Why Who's is that on a <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you need that for? Well, uh... Yeah. <laughs> Why, I guess why that's would a good question. Be, I was like, what the hell company yeah. is this? Well, now, I, I will say, uh, and this might be a cultural thing, right? Because yeah. like in, in the U.S., we have separation of church and state. In the yeah. U.K., you don't. We're going to need a um, DNA sample. All right, last question, know, Don, uh, to go ahead and complete your onboarding. What is your favorite position? <laughs> <laughs> Just go ahead and put that CEO. in the file. <laughs> <laughs> Right answer, right answer. Very good. But now <laughs> upper management written but now all over. But CEO, it. you are liable yeah. uh, anytime we're hacked straight to jail. By the yeah. way, I put this in pastebin. Is that bad? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to that next one. Uh, as we said, this one is from the Washington Post, also part of the Doe segment here. FTC brings action against CEO of alcohol delivery company. It's just a matter of time uh, over data breach. So this is the company Drizzly, uh, and the the CEO is James Corey. Uh, and so this is an issue where we're seeing a, a CEO held accountable, going back to the examples you used of Enron and all those kinds of things. Is this 
is this the right person to hold accountable? Like, is, is this a case where the CEO said, no, 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 we're not spending money on that? Yeah. Or is it a case of they hired the wrong CISO? So I am I'm I'm waiting to see the the final published paper on this one because I want to read the details. For them to single out a person like this, they're either being willfully malicious or they have documented evidence where this CEO intentionally stopped like wantonly yeah yeah so you know like we're not spending money on that maybe a CISO came in and said no we can't do this this puts us at risk and the CEO said no we're going to do it yeah right and so at that point if you've got documented where the CEO is the one who said subvert security this way then yeah that's that's their fault so do we and just because I mean I understand that we do have like regulatory uh, bodies and things of that nature things uh, socks and HIPAA and whatnot is this company violating one of those or, how, like, how does this work? I, unless you're under some sort of government regulation, right? I mean, uh, P- PCIDSS. It's kind of a gentleman's agreement between mm-hmm. card companies that this is how we're going to do security. You don't have to do it, but no one will play ball with you. You're not going to go to jail if you don't do it. You're not going to get levied by the FTC or anybody else if you decide, I'm not doing that. So how how is it that they are putting sanctions on a specific person for not following something that's, is this a law that he is violating? Like, that's where I'm confused. Yeah, so likely, and you know, I, actually, I meant to look this up before the podcast, and I didn't, but uh, if they're publicly traded, that's usually where that Gosh, line yeah. is drawn, where now- because That's where the FTC comes in. Well, it, usually that's where the SEC, oh, SEC yeah, jumps right, in right, right, and right. does things. So in this case, it's the FTC, so it's just general trade. Well, it says Drizzly is owned, I think it says by Uber. No, Uber is a subsidiary, I thought it the said. The order will also apply to the company oh, itself, Drizzly? which is now a subsidiary of the ride-hailing service Uber. Oh, so it's Uber the other way around. Them. Gotcha. Okay. So- and, and I believe Uber's probably I mean, traded. Have you guys used Drizzly at all? I have not. I've seen, no. I see their ads. I've never even heard so, of it. So Drizzly annoys the hell like out of me. It's like a bear, um, right? Like the logo is like a bear or something? Uh, I don't know the logo. Oh, so okay. um, so I I have, for our day job, I yeah. have purchasing authority. And so I get uh, what are effectively bribes uh, all the time. <laughs> Do you right? really? Oh, yeah, yeah. And if people try and send me things or... or Man, send me those emails. So or, I was going to see that. Oh, I, you know, <laughs> hey, come to this conference for one day and we'll put you up in the Bahamas for five days. Yeah. And you know, that kind of thing. And, and if, if I were to go to that conference, what it is is basically like they, they put a bunch of advertisers in front of you for a day, but then you get five days in the Bahamas. These are the ones we no longer go to from a marketing perspective, by the way, because, because that's what it is. Yeah. So, you know, for me, I I do not accept these, right? So I I don't accept bribes and I I tend not to accept gifts at all. So if, if somebody tries to send me a gift, and and I find out about it ahead of time. I I always reject it. Yeah. Right uh, now, if I if I come into my office and a package has already made it here, I usually just give it to another employee. I don't <laughs> keep it myself. So do you uh, have to be here for that? Yeah. Or so like, how does that work? <laughs> so with Drizzly, Drizzly is alcohol, and so what happens if you want to send alcohol to somebody, you can go and buy it on Drizzly and do a little gift card, whatever, yeah. and mm-hmm. and then it'll send it to the person. But they have to verify you're 21. And so they reach out to you ahead of time. And so for me, that's great because I can just say, no, don't send it to me. Mm. And I, there's no way I'm going to give them verifying information that I'm over 21 anyway, because that usually requires a driver's license. And screw that. I'm not going to yeah. share that with them for, <laughs> for effectively a bribe. I can go buy my own alcohol. Yeah. So- <laughs> I mean, you did get onboarded over at that other company, and they have that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so Drizzly uh, annoys me just because of my interactions with it. Mm. But that means that they do hold – like. When they verify that you're over 21, they they want a copy of your driver's license or you know you to attest. Not going to happen. Yeah, so they they've they got need data to show that information yeah. if they get audited. Yeah. Right. Yep. And so basically, their cybersecurity was so egregiously bad that the FTC chose not to single out the company, but to single out this specific person, the CEO, and the ruling that they applied to him will follow him to future companies. So if he leaves Drizzly, which I think he already has. But it also uh, stays with the company, too. It's both, it's, it sounded like. Wow. Right? Yeah. yeah, so it's pretty heavy. And yeah. then, and that's another thing is like, if you get some kind of major breach like this and the FTC or the SEC gets involved, they force you into a cybersecurity program, which is a good thing. Mm. But it's an ongoing thing for, uh, usually it's like 10 years. So it, it's a big deal. You You want to do the right thing from the beginning and not... So are we on the cusp of governmental like oversight of every company will be under the government's like 
sort control of, to you. You, you sort of already to, have okay. that. I if, hope so. If you <laughs> want, so. And, and this is where companies want to make money, right? Yeah. And they make a lot of money if they sell to the government. The government's like oh, your they biggest do. customer, they right? They do love to sell to the government. So if you want to be a contractor for the government, you have to meet their requirements. And so there's the cybersecurity maturity model, mm-hmm. the CMM5 or whatever it is now. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you have to meet those requirements. And that's why you have organizations like like what we're going through. We're, we're getting ISO 27001 mm-hmm. uh, certified. That's to show we do the best practices. We check the boxes. We're not being negligent. Uh, we do our due diligence. That doesn't mean we're not going to get hacked. We could. Yeah. But we, but we check we tried. the box, Don. We are, we are secure. <laughs> that's right. Maybe that's, the hackers will look at that. Like, oh, that box oh, is man, checked. They ran a VA. And I, yeah, I, guess, <laughs> I guess they're good. Yep. <laughs> Just let me know when you guys are done. I'm shopping for bourbon uh, at the moment. <laughs> it is the, the bear. Because I remember I did go to the site once because I looked. Uh, I at couldn't find somebody. Bottle. Yeah. I wanted to bribe someone. <laughs> Uh, you know, it was almost time for uh, reviews around here. So I was like, what do they got in a nice bourbon single? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Did not work. Don would not give me that idea. <laughs> Lesson learned, though. Um, shot, though. But yeah, no, that is interesting, you know, to see someone held accountable uh, as an individual in, in addition as a company. I like that they did Wait until it's both. you. But, well, if I'm negligent, you know. Now, you know, it's a little negligence. We've been things. talking about this positive, but there is a negative to it. Like, should the FTC be allowed to single out individual people like this? Mm. Uh, and, and so there's a whole big conversation that will come out of this in the long run. Well, they, but, they've been doing that because businesses are people, we determined. Did I tell you about the bumper sticker I saw? No. It said, I'll, it, was, it, was, it had a Texas license plate. Yeah. The bumper sticker said, I'll believe businesses are people when they execute one of them. <laughs> wow. That's <laughs> taking it up. And I was like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. I can get on board with this. Yeah. What does that entail? Yeah. Yeah. How do you actually? It's okay. The, is it the whole company? <laughs> or? Ooh, that's rough. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to it's be a cutoff at yeah. some point. Where you're, I'm just the janitor. Where's the, I'm just following. Yeah. See, I'm just Get following here, orders. Sir. Defense has yeah. to work at some point. Uh, all right. Well, let's take uh, a look at our last article, which is uh, finding out who got pwned this week. Looks like you're about to get pwned. Fatality. Yeah. All right. This one is from ZDNet.com, which seems to have a new logo, or either that, or I have not been to the site in a long time. It's a terrible logo. Yeah, it is. For the record, mm. I was like, oh, that's an N. <laughs> On its side. This is broken. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Open SSL warns of critical security vulnerability with upcoming patch. Oh, thank goodness. Uh, We don't have the details yet, but we can safely say that come November 1st, everyone, and I mean everyone, will need to patch open SSL 3.x. Um, so here we are, uh, November yeah. 1st and beyond. Is this today. patch available? Uh, the patch is available, yes. Yeah, so you can do an update. Now, um, let me let me add a whole lot of caveats to this one. Okay. Uh, normally, I'd be up in arms and frustrated over this one because there's a number of things that are, are crazy. Uh, first off, there's, there's a actively exploited vulnerability in OpenSSL, uh, and they've basically announced this prior to the fix. Which is not responsible. Normally, the patch comes out first, and then they announce later on. Uh, but this is the other way around. Rules. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, but the reason I'm, I'm not frustrated by that in this case is that the the vulnerability affects OpenSSL 3.0 through 3.0.6, just those versions. Hmm. Well, if you look at most of the mainline Linux distributions that are out there, like 20.04 uh, Ubuntu 20.04 or uh, uh, like Red Hat uh, RHEL 8.0. Five is that what we're on now? Anyhow, if you look at the main uh, distributions, they're still on earlier OpenSSL versions, the the two point track, mm. and this vulnerability is not there. So while there is a vulnerability in the newer library or the newer versions of OpenSSL, most of us aren't running the newer versions of OpenSSL. So this is not as widespread as something like Heartbleed was. Where we really had to get worried, but. If you are running the latest version, it's a big deal, and you need to get this update done as fast as possible. There are tens of thousands of servers that are out there that are running the latest version, and they need to be patched. Unfortunately, the patch is out there. Well, good to know. I, I, like I said, I, I downloaded it today and said, hey, it's patch day, I guess, and, and did my thing. So you were on the latest version? I believe I was because it was in my roll-ups for um, updates. So I was like, oh, yeah, SSL, there it is. I'll be danged. You guys to. ever play with Heartbleed at all? You ever seen that? <clears throat> it was an interesting little attack. 
uh, I found some POC code or something online and, and gave it a whirl. And it just legit starts dumping information out of memory. <laughs> it's like, well, here could, you go. That could be one of the many things it takes me down at uh, DEF CON yeah, next be. year. When I, I really love the idea of that I experiment. Doubt, I doubt it. I mean, we would have to be well behind. Heartbleed's been out for a hot minute. Yeah. Well, if we're taking yeah. a, a laptop out of out of storage <laughs> yeah. and not patching it, we yeah. you know it would be it would be difficult to show that you were compromised with Heartbleed, right? Because with right. Heartbleed, they could, like... they could send crafted packets at you, so you might be able to see that, right? And they would be able to extract your private key, and then once they had your private key, they, they would could, just be decrypting information that they found, yeah. And they would have to be sniffing the network, which you wouldn't see, right? Uh, which on a wireless network they could do pretty easily. So yeah. it would be it would just be difficult for us to show that somebody used that against us. Yeah. Um, the crafted packets, I guess, yeah. would be what to watch for. Now, what would be the equivalent going going back to this uh, this DefCon idea? You know the uh, the the CEO of. Did we talk about this on the break, or did we talk we, about this? We talked about, well, no, we talked about the concept earlier, but we talked more in the break oh, okay. uh, about it. I don't remember. I just do. didn't remember. But remember the CEO of, and I'm forgetting the name of the company. That, Grizzly? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember that guy? Uh, yeah. from, from 30 seconds ago? Ooh. Uh, the guy that drove around with his uh, social security oh, number on the a, on a life lock. Oh, LifeLock. Yeah. LifeLock, yeah. thank yeah. you. What would be the equivalent of that in this case? Like walking around with a sign behind you with like the IP address or your MAC address or like what? Yeah. What would be like, hey, come at me, bro. Yeah, so gotcha. I, I think for the, maybe we could do that with one machine. Yeah, if like, you, the one the you IP. said, like with yeah. no, uh, no patches. I'm no running nothing. Windows XP. <laughs> yeah, like but, sure. uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess that could be fun. But uh, but I think for it to be a, a true experiment, yeah. you wouldn't want to advertise but it. But that could be the control, maybe. Yeah. Or the extreme variable. Yeah. But yeah, the, the IP address would be what you want the to publicize. Because okay. yeah. I like the idea of a shirt walking around just holding your laptop with yeah. a with a shirt that's like, here's here are my credentials or here's here's whatever. It might wet the appetite. Like if you give them some low hanging fruit like yeah. that, then it's like, well, man, if somebody's doing this, then maybe there's other stuff we can start. We yeah, should start scanning. Yeah, because get we're crazy. assuming that that people are still there just on a laptop scanning, seeing yeah. if anyone's vulnerable and not. Uh, you know, if that's not as big of a thing there anymore, maybe no one. Well, you doing got multiple that. days, right? Maybe day one, you go in there. Yeah. Blind test, right? Nobody no one knows me. what's yeah. going on. We just see what happens. And then by the end of the, la the last day, you're like, hey, here's my IP. We're running XP. Get it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. See what happens. And, and we, this could be a fun game, though, if we said, like, come at me with the, the flag or yeah. essentially, you know, and we'll give you X, Y, yeah. and Z. A chocolate. Now, did you, <laughs> did you hear what happened to the LifeLock CEO? Uh, he got hacked. I he, he did, yeah. yeah or he got two uh, bits. Identity theft. Hacker. Yeah. yeah, the wood chipper. Yeah. <laughs> there were hundreds of cell phone accounts opened in his name. Oh, my goodness, really? And what he didn't think about, and he ended up uh, being found guilty of fraud. Like, he had to pay fines. And yeah, because he was saying that LifeLock could do all the stuff that it really couldn't do. But did uh, he believe it? Well, uh, clearly, right? Obviously, so, he did. He stuck his tag. So, so security number. Out. LifeLock could stop somebody from like getting a mortgage in your name, yeah. right? Because on a mortgage, they do a thorough credit yeah. history yeah. check or buying a car. They're pretty yeah. thorough there. But when you're at like a paycheck advance place or getting a cell phone, they don't do a thorough background check. They're just like, yeah, that's a valid social security number, yeah. and yeah. and so Here's that money. There were tons of people that were opening accounts in his name, and like hundreds. Hundreds. I would say if I was his lawyer, I'd be like, Your Honor, he legit made a television advertisement with his social security. He believed in this product yeah. and that it would do the job. He was clearly just I, stupid. Right. <laughs> is that against the law now? He, he's, just, he's a little We're going to have to lock up half of America. <laughs> yeah. This is the case. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> going to any Walmart tonight. Uh, yeah. We'll just that. round him up. <laughs> we got enough chains, sir. Uh, Arkansas won't even exist. Yeah, we'll just have to turn it into a prison. <laughs> Is I'm there kidding, Arkansas? Is that a defense? I think it might be. All right. <laughs> Stupid defense. I should have been a lawyer. I know they say ignorance of the law is no defense. What about just ignorance? Just yeah. Like, uh, it's not fair yeah. for us to put the afflicted in a prison like this. Yeah. yeah. There should be special places. Yeah. With a with a bus that they can go all their own. <laughs> all right. Want to let you know about something fun coming up. We're doing something a little bit different on the next uh, cybersecurity podcast. We've been doing those with Daniel for a while. Of the uh, uh, the ones where we bring in an expert, and this uh, this we're doing just a little bit different format, but still some Q and A, right? Who, who do we have on this one? Uh, we're bringing in Gerald Osier, PhD, 
Um, he probably hate that I said that, but <laughs> I'm glad you said his name. Yeah. I would said Auger. Yeah, uh, he's a super nice guy. I've been on his podcast. We met up at Hackenfest, and I was like, dude, you should come out because he's he specializes in GRC, and GRC doesn't get much love because it's it's not as fun as it sounds. <laughs> and, and I I figured out what that acronym meant earlier. You did. Governance you did. and regulatory. No, compliance? it's uh, Greek and Roman culture. He's yes. actually got a PhD in it's, Greek it's, mythology. Yeah, Is it mostly fun. the wrestling? He's Greco-Roman. He's going to come in with a, with a toga on. He's a Greco-Roman champion. No. GRC. No, GRC is super important, though. Like, it's the fact that, like, Don was talking about how we're going through compliance stuff, you know, 27,001. This stuff is immensely important, and doing it right is extremely important, because if you don't do it right, well, you might find yourself in one of the situations that these lovely young people here uh, that we've looked at in these articles t- today, they might think, oh, well, yeah, this could have kept me out of hot water had I known how to do this correctly. Yeah. And cared to do so. And Gerald is uh, the uh, the CISO at Drizzly. Yep. Uh, <laughs> no, he is not. That would have not flown on <laughs> no, his watch. No, it was not. Uh, but that's no. taking place on November 9th at 2 p.m. Eastern time. So head over to itpro.tv slash webinars where you can register for that. You can also see all the past uh, episodes. Another fun thing we're doing a little bit later in the uh, in the month here is the first ever IT Pro Turkey Bowl, uh, which, you know, we're not going to do a webinar. Uh, it's a bowl made of month. turkey. Yeah, it's a, it's a bowl made out of turkey. There's more turkey in it, uh, which should be really exciting. But we're going to have kind of like some of those fun little minute-to-win-it family-style games, uh, split up the edutainers and some other staff here on Teams, have some fun. Um, I will be uh, – I'm one of the announcers for oh. it, like the the commentators. As you should be. Um, so I'm looking forward to making fun of you guys as you complete uh, in these ridiculous tasks. The twerking challenge. The, the twerking challenge yet again. Can't wait to see Doug. Rears, it's ugly. Reigning champion. Yeah, yeah reigning champion. You know regain, <laughs> regain the title, right? I know it. I uh, also want to let you know to head over uh, to uh, technado.com and you you can check out all the latest episodes, see some of the Technado swag that's available, send in your uh, your feedback and your questions and your articles that you want us to cover. Um, tell us what you've bought at Drizzly. And, uh, well, actually, we can probably tell you because your data's been leaked. Um, but uh, you can also click the big orange button that says Sponsored by IT Pro TV, and you can get 30% off of your personal membership. You can also request a team trial and see all the great features from IT Pro right there at technado.com. All right. I think that covers it. Yep. And I'll be twerking to my favorite song, WAP, which is uh, Wireless Access Points. They are good. Oh. <laughs> I you were going to say WKRP in Cincinnati. That's a great, great song as Even well. Even better. Yeah. Do you remember the turkey episode? The turkey drop? Yes. Oh, the turkey Are drop. you kidding me? My dad sends that, that every year. Stinking hysterical. He sends an email with the turkey drop every yeah. single year. Classic. Oh, oh. <laughs> like bags of wet cement. <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, check it out. Uh, it's on, on YouTube, I'm sure. But yeah, the turkey drop from WKRP in Cincinnati. (laughs) All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us this week. Uh, Make sure your systems are secure, apparently, because uh, someone else is checking for you. And we'll see you next week right here on TechNado.